not heroes. It's just a podcast. We're not heroes. We're doing this for fun. We're not heroes. It's just a podcast. We're not heroes. What are you fucking dumb? Welcome to Chatman and Robin. My name is Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. <laughs> and we're here to record Married to Marlin, part four of four. This is the end of Marlin. No, I'm just kidding. This, Marlin, um. There's no end in sight for this. This is going to be years and years of my life just spent whittling away at a... Yeah, exactly. I'm never... It'll be done and I'm going to be so ashamed. I'm just going to just fucking wipe... I'm going to run a magnet over the external hard drive where all the footage is. I'm going to throw your <laughs> MacBook Pro out the window. Mm. Well, I don't have a MacBook Pro. Oh, it's an iMac, right? Yeah. What's the difference between I, an iMac and a MacBook Pro? Because I just looked up online a, a tutorial about um, using Final Cut Pro 10, mm-hmm. or Final Cut Pro X, or is it 10 or X? Who gives a shit? Anyway, they said that the MacBook Pro has such a fast processor that you can actually cut and export. That's the laptop, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You can cut and export all of your footage in like um, like Apple 444, which is a huge file size. That's like, you can cut and edit and export in like this basically full definition. I've been doing it on the iMac with proxy media and I'm gonna mix it up to Apple 4444 on the way out, which is gonna be fucking huge. I might need a new terabyte drive just to do that. Ugh. But anyway, um, what's the difference between the iMac and the MacBook Pro? Like, as far as processing power. I mean, clearly, I once it's on a desk, once it's on your job. No, I don't know. Um, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> thank I you, can, Apple. We will I accept can your. Google that. We accept check or money orders, Apple, for our <laughs> blazing, shining endorsement of your product. <laughs> so, um, hey, look, our first official sponsor. Not really, Apple. Please don't sue us. Um, I, I just know that when I was debating between, between the two. The two I decided ultimately to get the iMac because of the larger screen, mm-hmm. so I could... Um, Which has been a godsend for me, thank you. I mean, I know you got it for you to do art and uh-huh. stuff on, but really, a bird will come in and she's like, I'm gonna work on some art, and I'm like, hey, fuck off, I'm, I'm editing Sitzberger and Adam Lau, don't you see, don't you understand my art? And she's like, it's my iMac, and I'm like, I'll, I'll do the dishes, I'll walk the dog, please just let me use it. Um, no, but let's get to Marlin. Let's uh, let's finish this up for you at least. Let this is you burying Marlin in a shallow grave, so you never have to think about it again. Um, mostly, I'm only working on it when Bird's at work now, just because it's better that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's let's put a let's put one final pin in this weird little butterfly and stick it, let's tack it to the wall where we can okay. ignore it forever. This has been a roller coaster ride of emotions, these podcasts. Well, except the last one. The last one was pretty disjointed because we were just getting back into it. But we have notes today. That's right. Hear that? That's the sound of notes. Um, Let's talk about the early rap. What do you remember? What do you remember from the winter rap? That last scene we shot. How did it feel when we were. I mean, we were done at that point for four months. Um. Trinity, leave it. Get your toy. Well, she's trying. Whatever. Um, uh-huh. I just remember that everybody was so exhausted that it didn't feel like a celebration or anything. It was just, oh, okay, well, we're done. Let's go home so I can sleep. That seemed to be the big 
emotion. How everybody felt. Yeah. Yeah, the, the last shoot was um, Steven, Tyler, me, you, and Mariah Rosado. I like everybody has one name except Mariah. Mariah will forever be Mariah Rosado. I should say acclaimed actress Mariah Rosado from now on. You're trying to remind me to do that. But uh, you don't, so you, your big feeling was relief? I Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought that we would get to the summer shoot so much earlier than we did. So I guess there's a little bit of frustration or disappointment. Well, no, we'll get to the summer shoots in a second. I got them right here. I want to hear about... I mean, we've heard... We've already heard, like, what a fucking, like, monstrous beast the winter shoots were and, like, how much... How much we put into it and how much we... How much we put into it and how much we spent and and suffered and, and the cost and all that stuff, so... Well, I really wanted to have some sort of celebration. Go out and get food or get... Leave it get beers or something and we just didn't do anything we just dispersed and left you know it, yeah. the thing for me it didn't feel like the end really because we all knew that there was summer shoots going on it was done for Adam Lau it was done for Ryan Sitzberger it was done for for those people but like everyone there was like alright well like, we finished until sort of. the summer, yeah. and then we have to shoot more stuff. But honestly, I didn't. I didn't feel that way. I didn't. I was exhausted for sure, but I didn't feel the. Um, I have like your collar. The, you're naked. Yeah, I didn't feel the. Oh well, we've oh, we've been working so hard. Let's just go. Let's just everybody fuck off. Let's go home. Um, I don't know. I, f- I felt weird and exhilarated. I was like, oh man. Well, now I can start cutting. Of course, that didn't happen. No. A lot because I had basically burned out and oh. you had burned out and we had burned out pretty much entirely. Should I put her in her crate? It doesn't seem like we're really able to focus with Trinity running around chewing on everything in the entire on, office. Get your crate. Um, our young dog Trinity wreaks havoc in the studio. Um, someday she's going to calm down every vet behaviorist and exorcist as it assured us. <laughs> our, our dog will... Will someday our little our little devil uh, dog exactly our little devil dog that ties in nicely to Marlon good good segue <laughs> thank you um, all right thank so you. I guess you don't have anything to really say about the winter wraps what do you remember about the okay well we just start we just shot summer I didn't go to those shoots I know though. you didn't but so you will have to tell me about no them. you were alive I'm not, I don't want to talk about them I want to talk about you this is married to Marlon this isn't uh. director strokes off although that's what the last three we have all. been. The last three have just been me being like, here's how amazing my film is. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Take your money. I'm supposed to be talking to you. I really wanted to go with you guys for that shoot. Uh-huh. Um, for all of you at home, uh, there were there are four summer shots in the entire film, mostly done in flashbacks. Uh, we shot um, Maggie, uh, Mariah, uh, acclaimed actress Mariah Rosado. <laughs> Who plays Maggie? We play, uh, We did Maggie as like a weird goddess, sort of Aphrodite type figure, um, in a lake, like sw- swimming around and splashing around. And the underwater shots look so cool. I'm so gonna I'm have that now. <laughs> I'm gonna have her <clears throat> on for a Chapman and Blabbermouth, which hopefully I can get her soon. She just got a new job and her schedule got a little weird, but uh, if I can get her soon, we'll talk about it. We found out 
as we were preparing to shoot extensive underwater, above water um, lake shots, that she is essentially aquaphobic and is afraid of large bodies of water. It was hard even getting her into the lake. And then I'm like, all right, now I need you to f do a dead man's float for 30 seconds. And she's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I didn't know you were afraid of water. That's what's in the script. I need you to do this. It was, uh, that was an experience. I'll get her on, um, on Blabbermouth to talk a little bit more about that. But uh, we shot that and we shot a sequence like, uh, have you ever seen Eternal Sunshine in the Spotless Mind? No, I all have right. not. Well, um, all right, it's an overhead shot of me and Mariah lying on a white sheet. Both of us are wearing white. Everything about the mm -hmm. whole thing is just white. And of course, when I edited with the help of the truck driver who, <laughs> hey, Bob, thanks. Thanks a bunch for your help editing. Um, I, I blew out all the whites as much as I could. No, leave it open. Leave it open. I like it. it the, the air is better. Um, I blew out the blue. You know, I brought the whites up, and I did a little bit of soft focus around the very, very edges of the frame. It looks really cool. It reminds us both of Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Both being you and Mariah. Yeah. Acclaimed actress. Acclaimed actress Mariah, Mariah Rosado. Rosado. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if if Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind then went extremely dark, involved uh, firearms and like really fucked up stuff, that's the end of the shot. And uh, that was my first experiment with the GoPro. Tyler had brought his GoPro. Mm hmm and we set it up, um, I shot everything else in 1080p, but I shot this scene in 720, which is still technically high def, but, the, and you know, when I mix what, it up. What does that mean for the look of the shots? Um, honestly, if you, because we had it, if the camera was moving, you would have noticed the difference. You would have been able to see like a little bit of graininess. You would have been able to, what, what's up? To make a pot? Take a quarter cup, twice. twice. Grind it, yeah, and then you're good to go. Sorry. Adios. I'll cut it out. Don't <laughs> worry. We, I, I, got, I got to get at it. You can cut it out. Yeah, I can. Cameos. No, I might leave it. <laughs> Sam needed to know how to make coffee. It? This is what happens when you have roommates. You can't be an artist anymore. No, um. 720, 1080. Was that what we were talking about? Yeah. The, the difference in pixels. I mean, on your average computer, mm -hmm. nothing. There's no difference. They're both technically high def. Um, the only spot you'd see it would be on an HD TV or on a, like a big movie screen. Which we would hope that this will be seen on. Yeah. So, so well, here's the thing. If I was shooting in 720 with a moving camera, mm -hmm. and I'll get to that in a second. If I was shooting on 720, as Tyler explained it to me, I sound mm -hmm. smart only because Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Latondres, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm going to go with that. Oh, jeez. Um, Tyler explained it to me. 1080. Mm -hmm. Since that's our standard, is fine. We can always shoot in 1080 because that's the best we can shoot in anyway. But if I was shooting a moving camera at 720, you'd be able to see, you'd be able to tell. The difference in, in resolution would be noticeable. And it is when I'm editing, but that's because I mixed everything down to proxy media, which mm. is one quarter the definition of the actual file, just so I can edit faster. So what we did instead, the reason I shot in 720 is because the GoPro can shoot at 60 frames a second in 1080p, or 120 frames a second in 720. And I wanted to create natural slow motion. I didn't want to have to do the, the final cut effect where you go, um, you adjust the speed to like 50% mm -hmm. because then your shots, it looks, it looks like fake slow motion. stilted. Because yeah. the information's not there. You shot in 24 <laughs> frames a second and it's trying to play it at like, we're, oh, this is what it would look like if it had been shot in 120. But there, the information doesn't exist because you recorded slower. Mm -hmm. I shot at 120. With a totally static, we like rigged it down. We <laughs> we set up a folding ladder above Mariah and I. 
ran a tri- or roped a tripod to the top of the ladder and then weighed the ladder down with bags of cement so that hmm. everything was absolutely completely stationary. Tyler activated the GoPro and everything from his phone so there's no bump, no wobble, no anything. It's absolutely oh, That's cool. I didn't yeah. know you could do that. Um he can actually it's super cool. There's a there's an app you can get for your phone that mm-hmm. hooks up to the Wi-Fi and a GoPro so you can mm-hmm. actually monitor with a four-second delay. So I'm laying there looking up at a GoPro and next to my eye, you know, and Tyler leans down, shows me his phone. I just turn my head, and then I can see the framing mm-hmm. of the camera above me. And he doesn't yeah. have to flip a screen or anything. He's just like, you want to know what it looks like? There. And then he hits record. Perfect. And I can watch. Sweet. As I'm being filmed, I can watch what I'm shooting. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. Um, and we shot that at 120. I'll show you the footage a little bit later. I don't mm-hmm. think you've seen that one. But what happens is you take 120. I saw moments. Just, yeah, well, you saw the uncut footage. I've put it together kind of into the montage. But um, you take 120 frames a second and put it into a timeline Mm -hmm. that is running at 24 frames a second. So, you know, you get true slow motion. And Mm -hmm. because the information's there and suddenly everything looks like the fucking opening scene of like a Lars von Trier movie. There's a bit... Uh, the guy who did Antichrist, okay. Nymphomaniac. Okay. Yeah. If you've ever seen the beginning of Melancholia, I told Mariah. Is I was that like, another Lars von Yeah, that's okay. the middle in his trio of film. You know, what we you we should sit down someday and just do it. We should. He he called it the Depression trilogy. Oh yeah, and then it's Antichrist, Melancholia, and then Nymphomaniac volumes ones one and two. We still need to finish one because everyone's like, "What did you think of?" I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! I haven't seen the yeah, last." Yeah, we have to minutes. get through it. Um, but it looks like the slow motion sequences in a Lars von Trier movie that because the colors are so like the green of the grass pops because everything else is just pure white and then I roll over with a gun you know and it's like it's not like it's like and I I ran the Ave Maria over it and that is so cool Mm -hmm. um as of right now who's gonna sing that for you. Mar- uh, acclaimed actress Mariah Rosado is going to sing Ave Maria in <laughs> German. actress and vocalist. And vocalist. Acclaimed actress and vocalist. I think she's actually a mezzo-soprano. I might be wrong. But, um, anyway, uh, James Porras is going to play piano for me. One of the things I need to do today, please don't let me not do this. I told him I was going to do this weeks ago, is find the, uh, the score, or the, the sheet music mm-hmm. for Schubert's version of Ave Maria. Which is in the public domain, so I can send that to him. Um, I have to do that for sure. But yeah, so that's the, the intrinsic difference between 720 and 1080. You would notice it if the camera was moving, but you won't on a totally static camera. Mm-hmm. So. Did you also do that in the underwater shots? No, because in the underwater shots, there was no way for me to keep the camera steady. What I, we did there was we just mm-hmm. put the GoPro in its uh, underwater housing, mm-hmm. put it on a tripod... And then I just dunked the tripod underwater. And because um, once the GoPro goes underwater, you can't live monitor anymore because the water screws up the Wi-Fi signal. Uh-huh. I had to just look at the sensor on the mm-hmm. camera. See, look at the, you know, the, the, where the Lego's in the lens. Mm-hmm. Lens. Uh, I look at the sensor and put it under Mariah and kind of eyeball where she was. We did some shots of, like, her... We were trying to think of, like, sensual parts of the human body. So we did some shots of, like... Like uh, shoulders and collarbone and wrists and ankles and none of those really worked mm-hmm. because it was so hard to focus on such a small part of the body. So I was like, yeah. "Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put the camera on the bottom of the lake. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna like dunk under and put it there. And Raya, you're just gonna float over top. And mm-hmm. right as she floated over top, the sun came out. 
So if you watch oh, the shot, yeah. like suddenly the the lake just goes and like washes out to white, and this like beautiful silhouette floats over top. And that one shot that we did, because um, once again she's afraid of large bodies of water, she mm-hmm. doesn't like to have her head in the water. So she's like floating by with her head in the water, and she's being like all graceful and goddessy. And I'm like, I can see her, and it looks like she's gonna like cry or at any moment she's gonna like reach down and grab a rock and just club me in the face and then run <laughs> screaming into the woods you know like why did you make me do that <laughs> but um so we shot that in 1080 right mm-hmm. because 720 we, you would have seen the, the motion, difference because it was yeah. moving we shot that in 1080 at 60 frames a second so when i mix it down i basically get half speed so i still get slow motion but it's not that super slow which is fine uh-huh. because the super slow motion stuff was almost too slow anyway sometimes mm-hmm. hmm. um it looks good when we're on the blanket and she rolls because that's awesome um but underwater that shot didn't end up looking how i imagined it which the one on the white blanket yeah yeah me neither well we did we had a problem originally we were supposed to put a white sheet down mm-hmm. run the blood tubing up and then mm-hmm. when we ran the tube, blood was going to blossom a around. A halo of blood around Right. The, the problem right. is, is I had to use two sheets to hide the pump. And we ran that on top of a um, Why didn't tarp. you run it up or down somebody's body? I, you know, in retrospect, I should have. Mm-hmm. I should have. What we should have done is run it up the back of her, like, uh, on, up her dress and up her spine and mm-hmm. then rested it right by her neck because right. then it would have been on the sheet and it would have been, it worked so much better. But uh, it, we didn't. We didn't do it. And Well, you really only had the one, one shot at it. Yeah. And, you know, I thought at first, I was like, fuck, we ruined it. We ruined this one shot that we had at getting this, this blood halo image that I had. But... At the end of the day, I was like, well, fuck, let's just get the roll. And I think it works. Mm-hmm. You've, you've seen that, right? Yeah, it looks good. It just, it was not what I expected. It wasn't what I expected either. And, you know, in five years, or, no, in, in 20 years, when David Fincher remakes Marlon as his last film, he'll get it right, you know? Fuck you, dude. David Fincher would totally remake Marlon. This is his kind of flick. Dark and cerebral. And I was and- like, how old would he be at that point? <laughs> I don't know how old he no, is that's now. What, so that's I, why they would give it to Fincher. He's like, I want to make one more movie. Nagini! <laughs> <laughs> and like, Ray Fiends. We wanted, uh, we wanted fucking Fincher. And they're like, well, give him this prop. Give him that property. Nobody's doing anything with that. And that'll be his big acclaimed Oscar role type deal. And Marlon Brando would appear as a holographic head talking to Marlon. In the, now I'm getting into Superman. Uh, this is getting away from me. Anyway. Superman? Yeah, Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando plays Superman. Yeah, he plays Jor-El. Oh. Marlon Brando in in the original. I didn't know that. In the original, he plays he plays uh, Jor-El in the old one with Christopher Reeve. So when mm-hmm. Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude, mm-hmm. and he puts like that crystal in place. Boop, Marlon Brando's head pops up, which is fucked up because I feel like I've seen He died before that came out. So they actually used Yeah, I, or, or something like that. There's a story where that they, they used they like cobbled together footage of him from other stuff Ooh, and put his face freaky. so it's like Marlon Brando's like posthumous performance or something like that it's fucking cool I like yeah. it um have you ever seen those movies the old Supermans we got no 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 mm. you can't I know you're not a big soups fan but you gotta I see those I think I saw the one where he's like flying around and like carrying Lois in this like purple dress and I'm like that she like- would be freezing to death 
And also, why is her dress not moving at all in the wind? And because they're not really flying, honey. Suspension well, of, no shit. Suspension of disbelief, <laughs> Jesus. No, but if you haven't seen those, for real, like, we should watch those movies. Those are really good. And I'm, you know, I'm a film buff, so I, I like you to see the things that I see, so we have something to talk about. <laughs> there you have, uh, another shining endorsement. Uh, <laughs> DC, this is the girl you want to draw for you. Hates your main characters. <laughs> oh, not true. <laughs> she loves Batman. She's, I mean, I'm looking at our bookshelf right now, and fucking the first third of our comic book collection is Batman trade paperbacks. I got at least, I have at least 100 or 200 issues of Batman and JLA sitting over here in my, my short boxes. Boy, I'm a fucking nerd. This anyway. Is too good. That's, uh, yeah, Superman? I was like, Batman's too good? No. <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman. You know who wrote that comic, by the way, right? The one where that appears? Frank Miller? Frank fucking Miller. Goddamn right. All right, um, so yeah, we wrapped the first two summer shots. We've got two more, which we're going to shoot on Labor Day. Uh, Mariah just texted me the other day, or called me the other day. She's free. She's good to go. She is available to do those, so we're going to shoot the last two. They're pretty easy. Oh, sleeping, sleeping puppy. <laughs> um, they're pretty easy shots to get to. One of them is our last. I'm going to do that one last. It's a, a dialogue scene where we talk. So are we actually going to go out and celebrate we should go and out have and a rap party? We should have a rap party for like the five people who are still here. Well, everybody else will be back in school, so everybody should be up here besides Steven. Well, the except handful for Ryan of people. And Ryan and Adam. Yeah. yeah well, we well, should Adam have... will be back in November. Burr-ish. Um, when Adam we gets back, we're not going to be rapping back. Marlin because me and Adam are going to be writing a musical. And as uh, as more podcasting happens, I'm going to have Adam on to talk about that. But yeah, keep your ear to the ground. Coming up, uh, Adam Lau and I are going to sit down and work on a musical together. At, well, An Adam's going to write a musical and I'm going to do as much as he'll let me do. He's, it seems to be his baby and I want to help, but... And I like collaborating, collaborative, especially with Adam. How much fucking fun is that going to be, right? <laughs> I'm going to come home drunk and reeking of no. pipe tobacco every night. I'm going to be like, uh, bird, it's for my art. And you'll be like, you never used to sound like that. And I'm like, I started inhaling pipes. The high wasn't enough anymore. My voice sounds amazing. Anyway. <laughs> so, hey, hey, get, all right, project, project for me. Get me into the future. How's it going to feel? When we shoot the last frame of the last scene in Summer of Marlin. Well, I probably won't be there, but I imagine that it will be Do you, do you work Labor a Day? Relief. Probably. It's Monday. You work Monday? Yep. Fuck. Yeah. Right, well, um Yeah. yeah um, all right, well anyway. Yeah, we're gonna shoot it all out at camp, out at the camp in Republic. My grandma and grandpa Blau have been amazing about letting me go out there now. Um, I wanted to shoot there originally in February. That was We lost the cabin, their cabin. I wanted to shoot there originally, but um, they were like, well, how are you going to get out there in February? You're going to need to snowmobile in every day. And thank fucking God we moved over to my Uncle Walt's cab because we could actually just drive in until the last couple of shoots. And um, we used the car for electricity and... Uncle Walt's cabin. Also, I think it was a better fit for the movie, ultimately. Like, the space, you know? Can you yes, imagine... Yes, yeah. Can you imagine um, shooting Marlon I, in, like, that beautifully decorated camp? <laughs> uh, um, if things could have gone the way that we hoped they would in the very beginning... With $5,000. Um, 
it would have been a lot different. I I definitely think that camp. It, well, it was the right choice. You wrote the script for camp. I did, yeah. Um, With camp, and in I mind. think that if we had been able to implement um, our own set dressing and um, costuming and I, lighting and control the environment completely, it would have been perfect. And I think that that. Yes. It's just so, I agree. so picturesque. I agree. It would have been amazing. I'm glad I'm getting my last few exteriors out there. But one of the problems we would have had with that is, I mean, okay, for those of you who don't know, which is, uh, let's see, of the six people who listen to the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. one of you has been out to camp. So um, for those of you who don't know, the other five of you, it's my grandparents' <laughs> summer home. So it is like, it's not just like a, a place that's usually closed up. It's like a home. They have photo albums out there and like television. And there's, it's a, you know, it's a house. So even with a budget of 5000 and this is another thing I was thinking while I was cutting. I was like, just think about how much, oh, these, these shots could have been so much better with five grand. This, um, the makeup could have been so much better with five grand. Or we would have been able to do some effect on Ryan's face rather than I mean to be fair all of the violence looks great because we had to shoot it obliquely so mm-hmm. it all looks really fucking visceral mm-hmm. but and then I was thinking it's not about the money I didn't have the people even when everybody involved thought I was going to have $5,000 mm-hmm. I only had the people I had anyway my makeup people, I would text and call and get nothing. And not just the uh, <laughs> McRobbie pants, the embezzler. Um, the other ones, uh, I had three three or four girls from the theater department who were going to do, oh, we'll just do your day-to-day makeup, like make sure that the eyeliner is consistent. Basically what you ended up doing, put yeah. your tattoos on. Mm-hmm. We, I didn't have the crew, dude. Like think about that. Like even if we could control the budget and buy as much shit as we needed, the people who... It, I it was, think that I, there if, wasn't enough um, crew. There wasn't. An, if dude. we had been able to offer pay small amount of pay to to do a film that offers any kind of even reasonable salary, like like well under minimum wage, you can't just raise like five grand because suddenly, for a, a one month shoot, just salary, you need to raise like ten grand. That's why. That's where the Hollywood thing starts to happen. That's why indie films. A lot of indie. You, you hear the phrase "indie film" tossed around mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. with movies that have budgets between one and fifteen million dollars, and those are still considered independent films because the big expense starts when you have to start paying people. You know what the, one of the biggest expenses on Hollywood movies is? Paying paying the people who just like move shit around and build sets and stuff, which is um. Anyway, that's. I mean, I hope one day I get to work on a set where I'm like. $100,000 just so you guys can drive the truck 100 feet? I mean, I hope that. That would be great to work on a project like that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'd get really disenchanted with it, but... Anyway. It was what it was. But, yeah, camp would have been perfect, but... Some, I mean, you're not going to be there when we wrap summer shoots, but... Is it going to change anything for you? Are you going to feel, like, any sense of finality or closure? Are you going to be, like, at nope. least... Well, whatever else I have to do, and I got some more stuff I have to do. Whatever else I have to do, there's no more shooting. Shooting is done. That means I have every frame I need to cut together a flick. And that seems to be the big problem lately. What? So. Cutting? Cutting. Let's move. Oh, beautiful segue. Look at that. Number two, editing. (laughs) Let's get right there. Talk to the viewers at home, because once again, I'm hearing a lot of myself. I love to talk, though. I love to fill space. Anything that's quiet is awful. Um, Talk to the viewers at home about editing. So do you want to 
Do you want me to talk about how you steal my computer? I mean, all go, the time? yeah, go ahead. Tell, whatever or, you want to. This is your uh, platform. You don't edit for huge spaces of time, and I have to like guilt you into doing it and be like, oh, so I ran into so and so today, and they wanted to know <laughs> how the movie was going, and which isn't a lie. I do run into people, and yeah. they're like, hey, so that movie thing, you still working on that? No, my, my husband had a nervous breakdown like, and thinks he's a five-year-old no. girl in Taiwan. Sorry, continue. Oh, did that happen at some point? <laughs> no, no. I have a fun story for Mariah, but just remind me, Mariah, go. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's actually um, you not working on the film was the reason that I got you the Mirror Mask screenplay uh-huh. for your birthday. And to your credit... After I read, I haven't finished it. After I read the first half of the uh, Mirror Mask, it's it's a beautiful book. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean did a movie called Mirror Mask, which was one of the inspirations for me making this Mm. film. Um, Once I read about half of it, it's a it's a the illustrated film script, and actually the copy that Bird has has a Dave McKean illustration right in the front cover and his signature. It's so fucking cool. (laughs) But I read the uh, I read the first half of that, and I was like. I read that, and I read a little bit of the Beowulf film script by mm-hmm. Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It was that, and I started listening to Smodcast again. Okay. And all those things together, uh, around like late June, I started cutting a little bit more. July, I cut a, a little bit more. Now we're in August, and to my credit, for the last week and a half, I have edited at least one scene of Marlin every day. Some of them are very short. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I only cut about a minute or two of film, but that's just sometimes how editing works, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I was able to show Mariah and Tyler, I mean, acclaimed actress Mariah Rosado and uh, <laughs> Tyler LeTonders. Um, the first. God, you should probably ask him how he actually pronounces his name. Tyler Camera Guru. That's how I know him. So that's what I'm going to call him. Um, I showed them the first 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have more than that cut, but it, I, that I have the first sequential 30 or 25 or so minutes all edited together. And then I have some later scenes done that I'm, I'm connecting in as I reach them. So yes, uh, I haven't been editing. I talked about it a little bit in the introduction to one of these podcasts, um, Married to Marlon, or uh, maybe CMR episode three. But I'd worked on Marlin for eight months, and I basically, I think I had like a little micro Marlin breakdown. I burned out. I didn't have any gas. I didn't have any gas left in the tank, so I put it all aside, and I just kind of tried to do some life stuff. I wrote a novel in a month, uh, which was just as bad as Marlin. Every bit as bad. Probably worse. (laughs) Some days. You just, you just hop from one project to another where you don't see me at all and yeah i i'm working on it though like the, I, i'm i'm because we've had this conversation a lot lately which is you know like okay you stopped working on marlin but you immediately picked up something else that filled up eight to ten hours of your day and you went to bed exhausted every night and i didn't see you and i realized that i was i think that i am not only an alcoholic but a workaholic you're not an alcoholic i know that's my little running joke in case my mom is listening <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. But um, I think I do have a little chunk of workaholism somewhere in there. And, I, you know, honestly, my my dad is a little bit that way as well. Just he would, I mean, my dad would live on out in uh, the Greenland Glacier 
for three months at a time or he'd fly out to the Azores and he'd be gone for a few months. And then I remember a lot of nights he would come home at 11 every night, you know, working at tech. So maybe I get that from him. But I'm also, you know, like, I'm going to die someday. Despite what my manager, Christopher. Ooh, that got dark. <laughs> despite what my manager prophesied one day while we were polishing glasses that I would never die. But, you know, I, there's just so many stories I want to tell. The most important story of all is the one that I'm missing while I'm telling all these other ones. So, <laughs> brownie points. No, I'm kidding. Um, so here's what I'm going to edit uh, because Bird's keeping me on point. Here's what I'm going to edit today. I'm going to edit um, scene tickle tickle. <laughs> I'm going to edit uh, up through the longest breakfast conversation in the world. When I was showing Mariah and Tyler the movie, I realized that about half the footage I showed them was just me and Sitzberger improving at a breakfast table, and I was like, wow, that is way too long. So I'm going to take that conversation down to about five minutes. There's a lot of great stuff in there, and there's a lot of stuff that advances the plot and is necessary, but I'm going to have to cut like a shit How ton. How long is it right now? That conversation, maybe like 12 minutes. It's like it's like the most absurd. Very, it's Very, um, oh God, what's his Clerks? name? Clerks? No. Kevin Smith? Mm-mm. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino? Yes. Tarantino never wrote it. Well, he might have written, but he never let a 12-minute conversation over a fucking breakfast table play, especially a 12-minute conversation with two camera angles. Um, Isn't that how... Three. Three camera. Well, yeah, he Pulp, shoots... Not Pulp Fiction. Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs starts. Not with 12 minutes, though. I'll have yeah, to, but we'll I have know. To, they're just, like, sitting there talking. Re- you want to rewatch Reservoir Dogs soon? That movie is fucking good. I love uh, that movie. I love not that movie. My favorite one, though. Oh man. I don't know. You know what? The, the music mm-hmm. in that movie really makes it for me. Remember when like Mr. White's gonna cut that dude's ear off? He's like, I got clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in yeah, the middle. Yeah, it was weird. Do you remember? Um, anytime I think of a Tarantino movie, I can pinpoint one song from every single one. Pulp Fiction. It's na 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 na. In the basement, yeah. When the like bring out the gimp, that scene. There's that one. And the Miserloo at the very beginning. Oh, dude, there's so much good music in Tarantino's films. Tarantino is a major influence of mine. Or he's, a, he's like a god to me. No, that would probably creep him out to hear that. He's a hero. He's, he's a small personal hero of mine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and edit that conversation down today. I'm also going to edit. Um, not this podcast, but the one before it, and drop that, because I promised everyone I would do that. So I'm going to drop that podcast, and I'm going to cut my very first trailer. I've cut a lot of teasers that don't tell you anything about my movie, but show off all the cool shooting Steven was doing. I'm going to cut together a trailer that actually lets you know what... Well, you did cut a... Was it a teaser or was it a trailer? Which one? At the very beginning of the film, of filming, Mm. after you talked to TV6... They were like, oh, send us a trailer. And you were like, okay. So we went and we shot. And that was a teaser. Okay. Well, that, yeah, could never have been shown on television. No, they were anyway. like, <laughs> like well, you know, if cut together a trailer to show us. As soon as you have a trailer, we'll put one up. And I was like, all right. Sure. And we went to this dingy, like, Michigan basement. And I, like, there was, like, bloody sticks falling, blood, clattering into yeah. a pool of blood on the floor. Me drenched in blood with a. Like a hammer that had like hum- like hair and fucking brains hanging off of it, and like my face is all bloody and shit. And I was like, "TV Six is gonna love this." Mm. 
<laughs> they, uh, for Might whatever... Might be good to actually send them. For whatever reason, they didn't... <laughs> Probably my, just looked at it and were like, what <laughs> They the didn't run my hell? trailer. And then they stopped answering my emails, so I guess I was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to cut together a trailer that can actually, could be on TV, you know what I mean? And I'll send that to them and we'll see what they, uh, we'll see what they do with it. Probably nothing. Oh I, you know what I'll do? I'll send it to, um, I'll send it, there's a news station where Mariah's Tyler, mom's new station. Yeah. Tyler works, Mariah's mom, like, we're kind of... Anyway, uh, and uh, Kelly McCommons, my my camera consultant man who told me everything at the beginning when I was Taught like... Taught you everything you know? Yeah, I was like, can't we just shoot this on, you know, like, can't we just take pictures and then make a flip book? And he's like, no, you idiot, you have to shoot in 1080. <laughs> and I'm like, at 100 frames a second, he's like, no, 24 frames a second, you fucking moron. No, Kelly was really nice about it, but like, I didn't know shit. And Kelly, Kelly, he gave us our standard that we shot the whole movie in. He was, he was great. You're a lunatic. No, that was, that was my Spanish person who was just about to start playing castanets. What did you get into this morning? <laughs> a cup of tea and a cup of coffee. And a little, a little baggie of meth. Rocked a little meth out of one of our old light bulbs. If you've never smoked it out of a fluorescent light bulb, by the way, it's so cool. You can see the smoke just like twisting through the little twisties. And he has mouth. never done meth. <laughs> I've never done meth. I've, you wouldn't know it if you met me, but I've I never done meth. I would leave you if you did meth. Really? Social experiment? Yeah, what? No. no I'm kidding. Don't even <laughs> I'm think kidding. about it. I wouldn't. I'm, yeah. I'm not into hard drugs, not me. You know, smack and, and coke and stuff. Uh, <laughs> again. He's joking. I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, we got to start scoring the flick soon. I'm, like I said earlier, I'm getting Ave Maria over to James, who's going to play it on piano. And I might get my cousin, Katie, who is a first seat cellist, to um, accompany him as well. And then Mariah, who is, I'm going to go ahead and say, mezzo soprano, is going to play, is going to sing it. And then, uh, you know, um, me and Sam are doing all the death metal stuff, obviously. I need a few death metal. This has literally nothing to do with me. When Marlon's done, which I'm hoping, uh, it would be nice. There'd be a nice synchronicity to finishing up by December, don't you think? If I could. Mm. Talk. I need you to talk. What do you think? Sure. That's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, we, when, did we, when did we drop the Indiegogo? We put it together. Oh, I honestly don't remember. Wasn't when it, did we drop the It was around, I remember it was around Christmas time because you were like, this is a bad time to yeah. truck and ask for like, money. Nobody is, has any money. I was like, Everybody's no, bird. Christmas presents. <laughs> no, I was like, no, bird, you don't understand. It's the Christmas spirit. You know, they'll give me tons of money. Uh, You'd be amazed at how, yeah. like, family members, like, all we want for Christmas is money for Marlon. And they're like... How about a pair of socks no. instead? Mm-hmm. What's this movie about, you say? Uh, a guy who has a lot of violent sex in the woods? <laughs> or whatever. You know, whatever I was telling people. I was being really, in, like, artsy about it. I was like, it's a deeply sexual thriller. I was also cockney during that time period. But I was like, it's a deeply sexual thriller involving satanic cults and bathing in people's <laughs> blood and semen dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> and they were like... We How don't, do you even, like, get off on these little tangents? We so you just, you go just way off in the weeds on the left. You're just, like, way <laughs> out there. 
Well, I was explaining why our family didn't want to give us money. In a Cockney accent. In a Cockney. Why? <laughs> How many chances in this life do I get to be a, have a Cockney accent? Unless there's a uh, director out there who wants to give me a role with Cockney accent. Oh, my God. But look, what I'm going to try and do is edit and score and get all that shit done. And uh, I want to get Dan Zini Yay. down to fix my audio problems. By December, because that's when we started this whole thing. I mean, can you imagine start to finish... One movie, mm, one year. Something that was supposed to take a month, now taking a year. Well, no, I knew editing. I thought editing was going to take three months, and it might have if I was, like, a single guy with no job and, like, a really bad crack habit and, like, you know, never slept. I could have probably done it, but making movies is hard. It's a blast. It's fun, but it's hard. Mm. It's fun if you're doing it and you're not married to someone doing it. Yeah. But hey, when it's done, that would be a true statement. I'm gonna get it done, and I'm gonna kind of sit on it and polish and polish until it's ready, and then I'm gonna take it to the the plan is to take it to the film festivals. Um, we're gonna submit everywhere, you know, like Sundance and Cannes. I think you have to be invited to Cannes, actually. Anyway, <laughs> Sundance and South by Southwest and Slam Dance and the Traverse City Film Festival, and um, I don't. Think I know that's not that really their type of thing, but I'm gonna submit everywhere. You know, I'm just gonna save up some money so I have enough for submissions. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna try and get in every door I possibly can, and get it on some screens. Are you going to be a part of that? Talk to me about that. What do you think? I mean, because you won't have to do anything. You'll just be traveling around and, you know, doing the festival uh, circuit. Yeah, which I won't be able to do. New job. So. Well, you don't, you don't think you'd be able to be like, hey, my, my boy... I almost said boyfriend. Boyfriend? <laughs> my boyfriend my made boyfriend. a movie and I'm like, what the fuck? You have a boyfriend, filmmaker? Yeah. You just can't get away with your star fucker is what you are. Well. <laughs> but... <laughs> Get cr- claw my way to the top, baby. <laughs> Gotta earn them sheets. One back at a time. One back at a time. Clever. Nice. I like it. Um, but would you, I mean, like, if you could get to a film festival, would you go? Um, Talk about. I don't know what happens at film festivals. You've never been, you're from Traverse City. You've never been to the Traverse City oh Film God. Festival? Traverse City. There's, there's a bunch of screens. Yes, I saw. One movie, it was hair, it was free, it was at the open space on a giant screen. What's the open space? It's a big grassy field. <laughs> There's a big grassy field in Traverse uh, City. Uh, yeah, and the city the council space. came by, the mayor walked by one day and was like, hmm, what's this large grassy field here? And the people behind him were like, oh, it's just an open space. And he goes, the open space, you say? Very well. And continued strolling on with his... Vaguely... Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Charles. Stop. <laughs> I don't think I want to release Marlon on DVD or since we shot in 1080 Blu-ray. Are you not going to take it to studios or something? Oh, no, I want to. Oh, yeah. Have um, them pick it up or whatever a, they a do. Distribution deal. I know it seems outdated and old, but it's it's all it's everybody's goal. Let's not kid around. It's the pie in the sky. You get a distribution deal, and suddenly you got a foot in the door, and you're rolling. Um, I want to send a copy to Kevin Smith, of course, the guy who made it all happen. My wife's uh, Lex Luthor, <laughs> her fucking arch nemesis. Um, but if I could get it picked up by Smodco Pictures, I think it's Smodco Pictures. Mm, it used to be the Kevin Smith Movie Joker. Club, and now it's, I think it's now it's Smodco Pictures. He has his own little, like, uh, indie distribution thing. So he, I would love to send it to him first, because I don't, I don't give a shit about, like, 
Miramax or Fox Searchlight or any of those. This movie's not that big. This movie's not big enough for those places. Fox Searchlight's like, uh, what did this cost? Like fourteen million? I'm like, uh, sixteen hundred. And they're like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, really, get out now. We have wasp spray. But um, <laughs> I love how often that comes up now. That, wasp spray. Yeah, ever since Grandma mentioned that, <laughs> it's just so absurd. For those of you at home who don't know, mace is expensive and has a short range. Wasp spray is legal everywhere, comes in a huge can, has a range of about 30 feet, and will literally, because of the chemicals in it, will literally melt your eyeballs. It will, it will just fucking chemically eat your face away. So it's a totally awesome alternative to mace. Carry a can in your car today. Yeah, totally unwieldy. You just stuff that right in your purse. Who gives a shit, man? Like, okay, Giant. someone pulls out their well, little pocket the knife and they're like, they're like, nowadays. give me your purse and your pussy. And then some girl pulls out a fucking like gallon can of wasp spray and just starts gallon eating, can. eating this man's tear ducts out. Just, you know, he's screaming on the ground. She stuffs the can up his ass and is like, Ew, his fucking bowels are like falling out like in Dawn of the, or not Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead when he's, that guy stands up and all his guts fall out on the floor. Anyway. I don't think I've seen that. It'd be like a Filipino horror film with the fucking, all of his shit liquefying. But, um, Oof. yeah, the plan is to take Marlon on a festival run and then get, try and get a distribution deal. Sure, I'm going for it, but... I was going to talk to you, you about this a little, because you're still my assistant director, and you know what? You're the assistant director of my life. You're my co-director. You're my, you're my partner. You're my partner in all this. <laughs> the sounds of love. Such a mistake. <laughs> um, mm. I was thinking about just going to VOD. What is VOD? Video on demand. Like, put it, uh, see if I can sell it to, or not sell it to, but see if I can get it up on iTunes. I mean, you can, iTunes will carry anything. You just have to, like, Oh, kind of like Amazon doing the self-publishing thing, yeah. yeah. Like, could I get it on Amazon Instant? Could I get it on um, Vudu? Could I get it on, I mean, fuck, could it, uh, Netflix, I don't know how even Netflix works, but, like, you know, can I, I if I could get it on video on demand, I pay what, like, here's $20 to carry Marlon for six months or whatever. I'll have to look into it. But, like, I'm sure, I'm positive the costs of VOD are going to be astronomically cheaper than, like, I would like you to press 100 copies of Marlon onto Blu-ray. Thank you. You know, can you imagine how much it would cost to put it on Blu-ray? And all that physical packaging that's going to end up in landfills someday or, like, getting chewed on by Trinity... You know, like, I mean, why not go to, why not do VOD? I mean, video on demand seems to be the future, right? When, do you remember the last physical film we bought? I'm sure you do. Of course I do, but I'm wondering if you do. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, $5 movie bin It was from Prisoners Walmart? on Blu-ray. <laughs> was it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Was it really? Because everything else we've bought since then has been on Vudu. When Robin Williams died, we went on and bought, um, uh, um... The uh, Dead Poet Society. We went and bought Dead Poet Society in high def. We went on. Um, when Brandon, my my buddy Brandon, uh, recommended that we watch True Detective, I didn't go. Oh. Up. By the way, we'll talk about True Detective in the next episode. Holy fuck, that is a good TV show. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I just went on on Vudu and bought the season, and we watched it immediately. You know, like video on demand. This whole, like, let's press a bunch of copies and sell them to people and go door-to-door with all these DVDs. 
That seems dumb when you could just Facebook people and be like, hey, Marlon's up right now, seven bucks, buy it. Or whatever we'd have to do to like, just... Like people are going to buy it for seven bucks? Or whatever. I mean, yeah, a normal movie on... Well, she left the room, so I'm yelling at her, but... I mean, a normal movie on iTunes or on, um, like, a movie on Voodoo is, like, 15. And you know those guys are trying to, like, recoup some fucking losses because they're like, this movie cost $100 million to make. We got to sell it for 15 bucks a pop. What do I have to make back? $1,600? I'll, and, I'd, you know... Yeah, but, I mean, like... Pay people. Yeah, we could, awesome. we could, we could, you know what? I would love to do that. Um, of course, as I've stated elsewhere and online, every single penny that Marlon makes, well, not every penny because you can't split pennies in half, but every two pennies Marlon makes, one penny, shit, that doesn't even work because you can't split a penny in half. Every buck Marlon makes, half of that buck is going to two charities. So, you know, the other 50 cents I'm rubbing together to try and make more so I can pay back my contributors and, and maybe give a little bit to my, the people who suffered so much <laughs> to make this dream happen. But I think video on, the, on demand is the way we're going to go with it. Um, oh, boy. And, and maybe we have, with some of that money we make back, we can um, finally fund our incentives. Fund our incentives, yeah. Um, I'm, you know what? We're going to do it. But... Uh, the incentives that we put up on, on uh, Indiegogo are still happening, but since so many of the incentives, the big incentive that everybody went for was a copy of the film, and I'm, fuck, I'm working on it, I'm fucking working on it so hard. Trust me, it's coming. But um, as soon as I get the movie done, like December, boom. The rest of that time until the summer festival season is incentives and getting those incentives out to the people who, um, who helped make Marlon happen. Um, if, yeah, and if, if once, you know, once that goes out and I start making a little bit or, or making anything back, I might be able to recoup the incentives. But even if I don't make a dime, trust me, I promise you, you will see your incentives. I'm working on uh, a little bit. I'm working on behind the scenes footage for the quote unquote documentary that some of you wanted. And, um, I'm accumulating, uh, fun notes and transcripts for the art book and things like that. For those of you who were in my cast and crew... The t-shirts that we talked about the first ages ago <laughs> ages and ages ago <laughs> back when you that were I was so stoked about back when you were all young and beautiful and <laughs> full of hope and dreams and before you all had children and grandchildren know, and great grandchildren <laughs> and then died and were buried or we will put t-shirts on your graves um, <laughs> just right around the little tombstone. Just wiggle them onto the tombstone. So we're gonna go one size up, whatever your size normally would have been, <laughs> to fit them on your on your tombstone. But yeah, um, I, I am in love with Bird's Design, and actually that's one of the ways I'd like to make a little bit of money to fund the festival run and fund the selling the shirts. Yeah, okay, is, yeah, is we cool. we do a, a get a do our best to get whatever deal we possibly could and. Um, sell the shirts i even wanted to make some handmade shirts like if we could make a you remember the, no, anyway <laughs> the look on your face well our first Horror. date one of our first dates was we cut out symbols from the star wars universe <laughs> <laughs> into cardboard oh. and put them on t-shirts and then spray painted in my dorm 
which not <laughs> in your door. It was outside, but like the t-shirts, like concrete outside, <laughs> spray paint all over the concrete. Oh, um, and the dorm so smelled like spray paint for fucking months because the, we just hung the t-shirts up to dry in the dorm. In the shower, <laughs> yeah. Oh, your roommate was like every not happy. Everybody on the floor was like, "Who is what spray painting hell? in the house?" And we're like, "I don't fucking know. Isn't it awful?" Who's you know, what a jerk. Make like a, a tag style t-shirt like a limited run of whatever mm. just like five or ten and then maybe just give them out to people like anyway yeah we could do it that'd be, that'd be kind of fun um so in uh crew shirts are coming we'll do those first before we do the ones you have to buy we'll do crew shirts um oh well, yeah duh. in the next couple months and then hopefully we'll have shirts up to buy as soon as i get a little bit closer to being done with the movie i want to just focus on editing now bird the big question Yes. The question everyone has on their minds. Would you ever do this again? No. (laughs) 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 Um. All right, well, fuck all this Marlon stuff. It's it's hard to talk Marlon with, with you, but with also with a lot of people. It's it seems to be in general a negative experience for most, but it's almost done. This is it. This is the end of the Married to Marlin series. This was episode four of four. As you can tell, based on just how the energy has faded over the past 20 minutes or so, this is not how this podcast is going to work or should work or anything. We're going to check in. We'll do, a, we'll do a segment, you know, maybe at the beginning of every show or like sure. middle of the way. Just be like, hey, where's Marlin at? Well, you hear a gun cock. <laughs> <laughs> Me or you? Both. <laughs> it's just a Mexican standoff all of a sudden in front of the microphone. And then you just hear Trinity start to howl. <laughs> but um, we're, we're done. We are. I, I've got other podcasts I'm trying to put together and line up. And of course, Chapman and Blabbermouth is always going to talk about Marlon because the shit I made Mariah, uh, renowned acclaimed actress Mariah Rosado, I put her through a lot for that movie. So uh, yeah. from now on... Welcome to our lives. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Bird and I just sitting down and chatting about fucking nothing or about everything. We're gonna, we could sit and talk about Stephen King. We could talk about whether or not God is real. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk to, uh, to you about. Books, movies we're watching, TV shows we're watching, what's going on in your life, what's... What Philly, you know, like, is there a God? Trin's like, crazy Trin, how insane is, is Trinity philosophical shit? Like, um, how many fleshlights is it okay for me to own before I have a problem? Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh? How many? How many? Mm-hmm. All right. Because the sleeves all have different textures. Every single one. Well, not. Oh, my God. All the sleeves have different textures. They sell mouths. They sell, they sell buttholes. Oh, ooh, <laughs> silicone butthole. It's not silicone. It's, uh... Latex? It's some Whatever. Other, it's some other amazing, unbelievably realistic material. But, mm-hmm. so come on, how many how many flashlight sleeves <laughs> could I buy before you were like, Max, you're very ill. Uh, Reading ramen, by the way, that's the sound you're hearing. Come on, so give me a give me a number. Like, tw- if I had 20 fake vaginas... Yeah, you have like, a problem at that point. All right, what about... Five. I've had five. Um, like, what if I had a mouth, a butthole, and like four fake pussies? Would that be a problem, or would that just be like a you know a variety? That's not five. That's <laughs> seven. But maybe not. Um, maybe that's six. Whatever. Is that a problem? 
Because, you know, the, the, um, they don't make... I can understand wanting variety, but more than five seems excessive. Okay. Also, we would probably never have sex. No, I would just... Ever. I would just stick all those in between the box spring and the mattress. Mm. And then you You'd could, make me hold one between my legs. <laughs> and you could be, oh, that would be hands. amazing. Because you could hold it between your legs, and then I'd be going at the top one, and then I... Welcome. Welcome to what it's going to be. You want to talk? Very inappropriate. You want to talk about movies? Fuck you. We're going to talk about fake vaginas and buttholes. <laughs> so next week, come back for comics news and books, films, television, and just filthy sacrilegious sex talk with Max and Bird. Oh boy. So uh, for Chatman and Robin, I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. Holy podcast, Chatman. Chatman.